So today I'm talking to Lucy Sharp from Days and Dreams Sleep Consultancy. Lucy has worked as a nanny for 20 years and an experienced sleep coach for six years. Thank you so much for joining me today, Lucy. How are you doing? Yes, good, thank you. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Thanks for taking the time to join us. I should also say you are the expert on um, baby sleep and newborn sleep on the um, Mindful Birth Group courses as well. So parents who sign up to the courses also get access to your amazing kind of heads up videos, don't they? They do, they do. So tell me, who are you a parent to and what are their names and how old are they? I have two little girls. Hattie is six and Frankie is two going on 12 <laughs> <laughs> always the seconds grow up quickly oh, don't they so much so much I'm trying to keep her as a toddler and I'm like she's not she's a child <laughs> but she should be a toddler I'm like stop <laughs> um and so what's your home set up I am in Tring Hertfordshire and I live with my husband Dave my two girls our dog our cats and yes, it's all very uh, suburban and lovely. <laughs> and hectic. <laughs> Always hectic. All right. So um, I want to get you to cast your mind all the way back to the moment that you found out you're expecting Hattie. So what was your journey like up to that point? And in that moment, how did you feel about finding out you're expecting her? I had only met Dave eight months previous to us falling pregnant. It was talked about, it was planned, we just didn't expect it to happen so quickly. And I was living and working in Oxford at the time as a nanny. Um, for a family I'd been with for, I think, 12 years at that time. So I'd been there a very long time. So it was kind. It was naturally coming to an end anyway, This my job there. We'd already talked about it, talked about the youngest who at the time was about to start senior school. And it was kind of a good time for, for me to sort of branch away from them. But my falling pregnant happened earlier than we expected. So it kind of ended my job earlier than expected. And it was during that time I was thinking, right, okay, what am I going to do? How am I, how, what, what am I going to do as a job after I've had, had my baby? I mean, I was, I'm an older mother, so I was considered geriatric, but I was 37 when I had Hattie and 41 when I had Frankie. So, yes, life had been very much just me up until that point. And then everything changed in the space of about eight months. It was like, right, I'm going to change a job I've been in for a very long time. I'm going to, you know, move in with a man. <laughs> we hadn't done that already. You know, it was all to come still. So it was all very exciting. And it was all just the way it was meant to be for us. Yeah, and it was great. It was a definition of whirlwind, wasn't it? <laughs> definition of whirlwind for sure. I mean, it was really hard leaving my job. That was the hardest part of it. You know, the girls I'd been with and brought up from, I think the eldest was five months when I started looking after her. And then the second had come along. So I looked after her from newborn. So, but yeah, it was like they were part of me hugely. And it was very difficult to transition from leaving working with them to having my own and explaining to them that you know I was gonna go and so they were classed as you know my baby's god sisters to to really give them a role in in this new world that I was going to move off to yeah yeah that was really hard um to I mean I'm sure you're still friends with them now <laughs> oh we see each other yeah and we talk a lot luxury of Instagram where they'll actually message me back whereas text they're like no <laughs> <laughs> gotta find the channels to get them 
so obviously you were looking after little ones um, from you said five months and then newborn so when you had Hattie how was that for you having your own baby um versus looking after someone else's yeah I mean I technically she was my sixth baby you know <laughs> I mean actually the family that I worked for before the two older children there were three children I worked I looked after for about four years prior to my next nanny job so I've only actually had two nanny jobs but lots of other bits involved with children along the way um in schools and nurseries etc but um yeah so I had three children in my first job and then obviously two in my second so when Hattie came along it was a bit like right there's a sixth one obviously I knew that there would be a totally different emotion surrounding having her and I was waiting for that massive hit of this is my baby and I did, but probably not as sort of strong as I thought it was going to be. I think that just proved that I love the kids that I looked after so much prior that, you know, it was like, right, let's get on with it. <laughs> it's my, 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 my baby. Yeah, it was, it was a really interesting time because it, it was a, it was, uh, yeah, this expectance of sort of how I was thinking I was going to feel versus kind of people asking you that like what's it gonna be loads yeah all the time like how did it feel having your own and I was like yes I mean she was mine you know she she was amazing and it just wasn't that boom like this is my baby yeah but um that's really yeah I don't know if I'm explaining that well but yeah it's I was just thinking it's made me think like it's interesting if you know people can see through different methods like past the parent mm. kind of thing when you're looking after a baby you're looking after a baby and you love them and you nurture them unconditionally don't you whether it's yeah or not <laughs> absolutely but also I just don't think I had that whole I don't know what to do yeah you know because I kind of knew what to do so I just got on with it and although you have the hormones and you know you're trying to be- breastfeed and you know you're up in the night whereas I never had that before because yeah. I could just go home and leave the parents to do that part and <laughs> um, having the slightly you know less sleep in the night was good was good for me good research for, yeah. <laughs> for the job I was then going to go into which I had sort of hovering around in the background whilst um Hattie was really little I knew that eventually go on. even though you weren't um even though you weren't experiencing it with the children you were nannying, like the challenges in the night, you were still hearing it, I'm sure, from the mum sort All of saying, like, this is so hard. Everybody. Yeah, so it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't a shock. No, <laughs> no, and I was quite, you know, I was quite looking forward to it. I mean, that sounds really bizarre, doesn't it? But I was quite looking forward mm-hmm. to experiencing all that myself because you put all this love and effort into the children that you're looking after, but you're not getting the whole, whole picture so, you know, having yeah. that with Hattie and I mean, actually she was, she was very good, but it, you know, it, it was, it was definitely different and it really gave me that insight that I had missed out on before because she was my baby. <laughs> <laughs> so at age 19, what made you want so, to train as a, a nanny? It was a succession of things. I'd left school, didn't really know what I wanted to do, thought I'd do A-levels, didn't. So did a year at college just trying to figure out where I wanted to go and what I wanted to do. And I did health and social care. So my tutor there was very desperate for me to go down the social worker route, which I was really interested in. Still am. Like, I, I, you know, I think it would be something that I'd find really hard, but also 
would get a lot of satisfaction out of doing. But I had a chat with a few social workers and they were just saying it's it's so hard. It's so hard. And part of me doesn't, I don't regret not <clears throat> following that path at all. I just think that I chickened out. And then I was like, right, okay. I was only, you know, I was 17. Yeah. Yeah, I was 17 by the time I finished that first year. And then it was like, right, okay, what do I love? And it was, I'd always loved being with children. I'd been working. I mean, I think I was babysitting for newborns at the age of 13. I mean, I don't think that's legal now. But, you know, I was a 13-year-old. When I look at other 13-year-olds now, I'm like, could you imagine them, you know, going on a Saturday <laughs> afternoon to look after a newborn while the mum can go to the hairdresser? And that was kind of what I did. And so I thought, you know, and, and my weekends were full of babysitting, looking after other children, and, yeah, just relieving parents for the for Saturday so they could go off and do what they needed to do. Um, and I, yeah, I'd done that all the way through. So it was kind of a natural progression for me to go into, and I did my NNEB. And with that, which I think has got a completely different name now, but at that time it was the Nursery Nurses Education Board diploma. So it was a full on two years. You have lots of experience in different settings. So schools, nurseries, in a family, and then you kind of choose your path when you finish. And that's when I went down the nanny route. And loved it. I mean, absolutely loved it. Then obviously um, had Hattie. And is that the point where you decided that you needed to do, you still wanted to keep in this area, but you needed something a bit more structure? So I wanted to do something work-wise once I'd had Hattie that allowed me to be there for my children as much as I was for the children that I'd looked after. Um, you know, obviously looking, I did, I did start off looking after a few of my NCT friends' babies when um, Hattie was a baby whilst they went back to work until they kind of worked out what childcare route they wanted to go down. Um, and it worked really well, but I knew that I needed to do something that just gave me my time with my children in the same way that I had been able to give to, to the others. So, yeah, I'd already trained whilst pregnant and done a course in sleep consultancy. And that was fascinating I mean I knew I knew I knew a lot anyway I you know it was you know, all the experience that you build up over the years and you know all my friends had had babies so I'd helped all them with their baby sleep you know people on the playgrounds were like help me you know you know children what do I do so there'd been loads of sort of experience with it without really knowing that I'd got it until I did the course and I was like oh yeah yeah I you know this all makes sense to me and it was just more how do I put this together to make it a functioning business that works for other families because every child is so different it was like I need a formula that works that I know I can give to others and help them through and doing the training do you think it changed the way you approached it with Hattie when she was tiny or oh no you said no not at all yeah (laughs) no not actually no really interesting but no not at all she um I think I'm I'm very instinctive so the way I work is very instinctive. So I can give you a full-on plan and be like, right, off you go and follow it. But actually, you know, we all have good days. We all have bad days. We have, you know, days where our children are teething, days when they're full of car. You know, it's we need to keep the balance right for them in that moment, which although I offer a plan that you can go off and, and follow on your own, my preference is always to be able to support you in some way. Mm-hmm. 
throughout the time that you're following it so that we can do those little diverts and, and go off piece a little bit if we need to because you know cuddles and rocking to sleep and all those things that are kind of frowned upon there are ways that we can still do that but in a more sort of structured way so that you feel that you're actually achieving better sleep mm-hmm. yeah and that is the the big thing is that the people think it is um bad to do that and they're making a rod for their back but it's yeah that's yeah. reassuring to hear that you can do that absolutely you um, can and there was no way I wasn't going to cuddle my baby you know <laughs> there was no way if she needed a cuddle we were having a cuddle yeah but you know it's there's there's loads there's loads more involved in that mm-hmm. it's, you know there's and I did I didn't realize how instinctive I was and that although you can train as much as you want I think you know that instinct kicks in and you're like right okay this is what we need to do and then you had Frankie and so how did that change anything for you in terms of um you know the way that you were with Hattie and sleep and what was Hattie sleep like how did you (laughs) sort of manage that yeah well Hats is an amazing sleeper as in she goes to bed and she falls asleep and she goes into the deepest sleep possible and I could go in her bedroom, I can turn lights on, I could put her clothes away, you know, I could tidy up her room and she'd still stay asleep. Frankie was a different ball game. So, <laughs> but what Frankie does is she sleeps later in the morning and Hattie, because she's in that deep sleep for so long, by sort of six o'clock, she's wide awake, whereas Frankie's quite happy to sleep on a bit longer, but she's a much lighter sleeper. There's no way, if we go in her bedroom, she's wide awake pretty quickly. So, you know, we go into Tucker covers in now. She's older and she's got a duvet and she always kind of gives you a flinch and a look, but she does go straight back off. But um, the only sort of big issue that we discovered when we had Frankie was that Hattie did the whole, why am I on my own in my bedroom by myself? And you guys are all together in another room. And that was that was that was the trickiest part to navigate with her. Whereas I think, you know, that's really common, but there are some children that probably wouldn't even think about it. So, yeah, yeah it's just shows, doesn't it, how different it is every time. And so what did you do? <laughs> what did you do for that? Um, there, yeah, so I did actually put one of my, my little systems in place. And that was just, you know, the whole, we will always come in and be with you. So um, I'm going to go now when we go downstairs and I'll be back up in five minutes. And just, you know, just always go back. And what I do now, which she loves, is to say I've been out for an evening and she's like, but you went there to put you to bed. I will be like, when I come in, I'll take a quick picture of me being in your room with you asleep. And she loves that because in the morning she's like, show me, show me. And I'm like, let's see, I always come in and see you. And that's just given her a bit of a bit of confidence now that she's she's that bit older and, and starting to to sort of make those, yeah, those thoughts of, I don't want you to not be here when I'm asleep. And I'm like, no, I always come back and here I am. And do you find that is the the biggest thing is that attachment or just not being scared that they're by themselves, that is a problem with sleep or? It's so varied, so varied. I think, you know, sometimes we can really create scenarios that build and build and build and suddenly, you know, so we almost can put ideas in our children's heads Mm. or they'll watch something on the telly or, you know, and, 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 they'll ask us about something so like is there a monster in our room it's like no I told the monster to go away you've just confirmed that there was a monster in the room you know it's thinking about how you word things sometimes especially when they're older Mm -hmm. younger there's definite obviously periods of of development where um yeah the attachment is 
what you know they're wanting you to be with them more and we can do that you can definitely be with your children more and still have good sleep so yeah yeah <laughs> just every child there's a lot to talk about <laughs> yeah. yeah I promise we would not go into all of it now <laughs> <laughs> we could be here for hours yeah, I will put your links in the show notes as well um so people can find out more um but so as in what about the other way around so in terms of how your um parenting now does that affect the way you coach parents now you are actually emotionally a, you know a parent to your own of their children well I mean again I don't think it does I mean obviously I wasn't doing this side of work without my own children yeah but I I mean it's funny when I had Frankie because I'd already had Hattie when I set up Days and Dreams when I had Frankie I was like right I'm going to write everything down so I remember every thought and every feeling and every day I'd be like oh I don't need to write that down of course I'm going to remember that and of course I'm going to remember this but it's funny because when I do speak to parents and they talk about their four-month-old or their six-month-old or their nine-month-old, I can, I can I can quickly go back to how I was feeling at that point. And I have these sort of pictures in my head of the girls at those ages. And, and if I, even if I don't, I'll go and look at photos of them at that, at that age to kind of, you know, promote that understanding of, right, this is a nine-month-old and this is, you know, this is how I was feeling and this is how they were at this time. And so it definitely helps to have them in my life in that respect (laughs) yeah it's just having that empathy isn't it and it's not that you can't do any of these types of jobs without having children but I it definitely does and who I've worked with um build another layer into the way that you can support emotionally not just the practical side oh so much so much but yeah I think had I not had my own and had continued on nannying knowing how I am with my girls versus how I was say with the girls that I looked after before who happened to be two girls too I'm actually no different mm. <laughs> I know I, I was probably a better nanny actually which sounds really bizarre but you know I'd always be baking their hair was always really neat you know but <laughs> I'd made I'd be making handmade cards all the time we did everything for you know that we'd be doing Easter activities and Christmas activities you know and with my girls I'm a bit like let's go and do it somewhere else <laughs> so, yeah I'm like, I always say and I bought pancake mix in a pot this year I mean I was horrified with myself I ended up making it in the end because <laughs> I was like I'd never have done that as a nanny we'd have made yeah. that pancake mix <laughs> But you have all the time. You? you have so much more time. And I wasn't working. I mean, that was my job. You know, I wasn't trying yeah. to do something else on top of that. But yeah, it's quite amusing. I talk to other nannies who say exactly the same thing. I was, so, <laughs> I was a much better nanny. <laughs> <laughs> well, if someone was paying you to be a mum, then it would be a different story, wouldn't it? <laughs> no. Yeah, absolutely. That would be amazing. Wouldn't it? They should bring that in. <laughs> Yeah, they really should. But yeah, no, I definitely, you know, I think that there was that. Yeah, I'm not doing much differently, mm. especially sort of, you know, on the sleep and and kind of boundaries that I'm setting are exactly the same. It's not that I'm more lenient with one or the other. You know, it's definitely like let's create this secure environment for you, and it's you know it's the same. Go by the the child rather than yeah a strict routine or anything like that. Exactly. It's so different, so different for every every single child. Child and family, right? Because we've all got different family setups and what we our working patterns. Like, there's just so much involved, isn't there, to to think about with sleep and parenting. 
I mean, I'll speak to families that are like, yeah, I'm really happy to leave my baby for X amount of time and see what happens. And others that I just, I can't leave him for a second. It makes me feel ill. So we have to, you know, work on, on, on what they actually want to do, not what I think they should do. And stepping away from parenting and work, what do you do to have downtime for yourself? Um, what's downtime? <laughs> I'm really good at yeah it's so important and I tell people this all the time um yeah do you know what we got a dog just before lockdown and the walks oh it's been just yeah especially like yesterday the weather was glorious and just getting out and going for those walks with him without taking any small people with me or my husband and just you know I was listening to you I had my podcast you know I had a podcast podcast on and off we went and yeah that's definitely helped and I've really been trying to get into doing a bit of meditating so I've been getting up early and going downstairs and just doing some real sort of you know just zoning out and getting myself in a really good place to start the day because my work starts at you know seven in the morning we talk about what's happened during the night talking chatting to the families that I'm working with and then it just continues on throughout the day until I go to bed so you know there isn't a huge amount of downtime as far as work goes but that's okay because that's what works and you know I, I can get off my dog walks and I might be sending a message or two whilst I'm doing it but I'm still you know having a bit of time by myself yeah and that yeah that, it might start at seven and finish at late at night but I suppose you're doing it around your family life but that is why it's so important to prioritize that time for yourself yeah um, it is and I have not been very good at that and it's been really difficult anyway with all the lockdowns and stuff hasn't it and I think that now life's getting back to normal Dave and I were saying we need to actually schedule in some dates yes and go out together because we just don't no and that's yeah but that's very important prioritizing and making it at top of the list rather than kind of a nice to do when you look back over the years and how much you've been through as a parent you know the highs and the challenges uh, but also you know professional life like everything kind of combined what do you feel most proud of I think doing it all working you know being a full-time mum without your children in childcare or child obviously my oldest was at school um in more recent years but yeah managing to do it all you know I need Frankie to nap still so that I can make my phone calls and I need you know them to have their bedtime so that I can you know work and have my phone calls and I need you know and so it does have to run quite smoothly in that respect because if I've booked in a phone call at I don't know half past one and she wasn't asleep it wouldn't work you know it's, it's kind of managing to put it all together to run this kind of ship and and not feel like you're thinking oh I love that I mean, I'm very lucky. Yeah, I'm very lucky as well that I have Dave here because he now works from home 99% of the time. So that means that if I haven't got a phone call that, you know, and Frankie is asleep, I can go out for that walk and I have can have that time. Yeah. So we work together really well as yeah. a team. We are a, a proper little team, which, you know, is, is so important for us. But it's important to acknowledge like those things don't just happen miraculously like it is full on. Yeah. <laughs> um, and sometimes I'm like, I don't know how this is going to work. And then it just does. It just works. And you make things work, don't you? And, and yeah, it's, it's, it's important. Thank you so much, Lou. That was um, so nice to chat to you. And I will put all the links in the show notes for anyone who wants to look at your services or look up what you do. And, you know, you post some really helpful stuff on Instagram too. So I'll put that there as well. Thank you.
good to chat. Bye.